0: How's it going, everybody? My name's Davey. This is the Give Em Hell podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed my episode last week on Lucero. I had a really, really good time talking about it. Thank you so much. Uh, I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback from it. And uh, since we hung out last week, uh, my shit has been le- uploaded to Spotify. I, uh, I didn't ask for it. And uh, I didn't even know it was a thing until I was uh, just hanging out and uh, got a notification saying, oh, hey, you're... Uh, your podcast has been uploaded to Spotify. So, we're we're accessible now, guys. This is it. This is it. I feel like it's way too fucking early, but uh we're accessible now. Like we we are on more than one streaming platform. So, if you are one of the listeners that like hung out with me like through Anchor uh I- exclusively and like downloaded the app and listened, like thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, since getting uploaded to Spotify, I've obviously noticed a pretty big, pretty big uptick in lessons, and it's been really fun. It's also been really humbling. Um, one other thing: uh, housekeeping notes are dead. We're not doing that anymore. Uh, instead, uh, let's just call it the uh, Spotify launch celebration. Uh, we're doing we're doing a segment called "Do Yourself a Favor." Uh, if you listen to my earlier episodes, I said, do yourself a favor more times than I honestly care to admit. So I'm kind of just like calling back to that. Um, but it's also like, instead of like, Hey, here's housekeeping notes on things that happen. Uh, do yourself a favor and check these things out. So what ha- what's happening this week? Uh, Murder by death is on their 20th anniversary tour. And they finally, finally announced a hometown fucking show. When they announced their f- like first initial run of this tour, I was so fucking pissed that they weren't going to do a show in Bloomington, Indiana, but it happened. It finally fucking happened. I think it was on Saturday. They announced that they will be doing two shows, one in Louisville on uh, 523, and Bloomington is on 814. You got nothing but time for that Bloomington show if you're a Murder by Death fan, if you live in Indiana, if you want to see that band in that setting again, and like just, oh man, I just, I'm fucking stoked. It's going to be a lot of fucking fun. And I mean... It's just, it's been, it's been such a long time coming. Shit, it's even just been so long since I've seen *Murder by death in Indiana. Uh, so that show that show is going to be really 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 special uh and it's gonna be a lot of fucking fun so uh just mark that on your calendars for a few months down the road again uh murder by death is going to be in bloomington at the bluebird on 8 14 uh also another tour that got announced that i'm very very excited about uh a few weeks ago i was talking about how spanish love songs uh from california had released their newest album they announced a tour and they will be in columbus ohio on may 1st they're doing uh, kind of a midwest east coast run uh and i think I think they're going down down south a little bit too. Um but they're going on tour with a band called Dollar Signs and uh if you like self-deprecating uh, acoustic folk punk, uh Dollar Signs are definitely a band worth checking out. I don't necessarily know if they're a band that's so much on my radar, like I they released what was it? The 10 5 buck EP or something like that. Uh the one the one with the Saint Bernard on it. And uh that was kind of around when I like, got into them, that's about three years ago, the band's a lot different now, uh, but they're still really, really fucking good, um, every time I listen to them, I'm never, never disappointed, but they're gonna be opening up for Spanish love songs, so if you like Spanish, if you like Spanish love songs, if you listen to dollar signs, if you like that style of music, keep a lookout and see if this tour is gonna hit you anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon, uh, the final thing, um, for for like releases and singles and stuff like that uh this band that i really 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 like and it felt on a perfect fucking day because uh they're called the friday they're they're called the friday prophets and they're from sweden and uh they just released a new single two fucking day and if you listen to them they kind of sound like green day like they kind of sound like green day before i just completely gave up on green day like if you know like older green day stuff like insomniac era or uh you know warning or anything like that back back you know back when it was more like fanfare stuff friday Night, friday profits are a band that are totally worth getting into like uh the band originally started under the moniker of uh cocaine on cocaine like cocaine on cocaine so that's a good baseline i guess uh I listen to them qu- quite a bit, uh, but it's kind of like just uh, one of those like little parallels Like that I was just like, oh, hey, I'm doing this band this week, and the Friday Prophets released a new single, and they kind of sound like Green Day, and so does Broadway Calls. Uh, that is the band that we're digging into this week. Um, Broadway Calls are just a great, great band. They are from the Northwest, and... We're going to get into it. Uh, today, we're going to be doing, uh, be doing, excuse me. We're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about their album called Good Views, Bad News. It is the band's second studio album, released in August 2009 on Sidewind Dummy Records. It recorded at The Blasting Room in Fort Collins, Colorado. And so much of what I just said just brings back, like, so, like, it just a flood of just, like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And it just continues throughout, like, everything, everything. And, like, I'm just going to be completely candid right now. Like, I have been busier than I normally am. Like, it's just, it's been, like, a really weirdly busy week for me. So, like, usually I take, like, my day off and, like, do... Like, very, like you know, make sure, like, what I'm writing down is, like, exactly what I want to say and what I want to talk about. And, like, I didn't stray from, like, my normal format, but uh, I did this at work uh, today. Uh, that doesn't mean that I haven't listened to the album. I have been listening to this album for years, and it totally fucking holds up. But because I am so dead set on trying to get everything out on a fucking Friday... And I just didn't have time in my two days off. I made good goddamn sure that I used any, any just like standing around time when it was slow or anything like that to make sure that I had my notes. And this might be like one of the more note heavy episodes that I've done. Like maybe, maybe that was constructive for me not the best idea when i'm at work but i mean you know what if people are ordering mimosas and bloody mary's who am i who am i to stop them when i can just like dick around on my phone and uh look at wikipedia and punknews.org so that said if you don't know anything about broadway calls uh just a little background information they're an american punk band from rainier oregon uh starting in the winter of 2005 2006 with ty vaughn matt koenig and josh bird the band was uh, built on a solid foundation given the members decade-long history making music together uh, with a band called Count and to Life. Uh, after playing one hometown show, just fucking one, uh, the band just went for fucking broke and they hit the road with their label mates in Daggermouth uh, and they made a name for themselves in the hardcore scene. And the first time, the first time I ever heard fucking Broadway Call's name was through the hardcore scene. Like, in my high school, like, uh, I have talked about it before. Like, I would spend my weekends, like, uh, downtown Indianapolis, like, at an all-ages punk music venue. Uh, but prior to finding out that that was a thing, uh, I would go to these hardcore shows. So, like, I, like, I, had, a, I had a pretty, like, solid beat on... Uh, like, the hardcore scene in Indianapolis, and, like, these guys that I was hanging out with, they were like, yeah, we got this band called Broadway Calls, and everybody fucking liked them, like, nobody said, like, two bad words about them, they didn't even explain what the band was, or, like, what they sounded like, uh, and they ended up playing in Indianapolis, I think I had to work, or something like that, and, uh, they played a hardcore show that turned into a pool party, and I knew the people that hosted the pool party, and I didn't go, because of work or whatever and i'm a little bummed because that was a really that, that would have been a really cool opportunity to see a band that i hold in such high regard like i think they were playing like a basement or a vfw or something like that in the suburbs of indianapolis like it wasn't even so much a fucking thing um as it was just like this band that was coming through need to hop on a bill or get a show together just to like get enough gas money to the next town um but Yeah, these guys keep coming up again and again and again, like in the hardcore scene. And I still, I I, I really, I, I really still don't know how that happened. But it's very, very much like the quote unquote Lucero effect. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes like a culture of music will just like be like, you know what? We like this band. We're keeping them in our pockets, and we're going to put them on our shows. Like, just something like that. And I have absolutely no fucking problem with that. Uh, but after, after they uh, hit the road and, uh, you know, went for broke, uh, the band released their first EP called Call the Medic in late 2005, followed by the band's self-re- self-released full-length album, uh, released in 2007 on uh, Red Scare Records or Red Scare Industries, depending on which fight you want to have with somebody. that that one goes both ways um call the medic was the first thing that i ever heard my twin brother had shown it to me and i have to this day i haven't asked him or even really thought about asking him i don't know how he found this band i don't know if it was like through itunes recommendations or something like that or just because the band had like come through and like he had like just some morbid curiosity as to like i wonder what this band sounds like if they're going to be in indianapolis um but Call the Medic was the first EP that I ever heard from them. I don't think uh their self-titled had come out quite yet. Uh, but the first song I ever heard by this band was called Fuck You Seattle. And within like 25 seconds, I was just like, I fucking love this band. I I love this band. It 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 I say it a lot, but it hit all the right fucking marks for me. Like it really fucking did. Uh it was catchy, it was thoughtful, and it was real. Like it it's this Broadway calls is that style of Punk That is also poppy But it's not pop punk Like it's not necessarily like, It's not necessarily something that I would be like oh, Consider like the bubblegum stuff Like when I was talking about like Alistair And like you know Mass Intruder And stuff like that like These guys, like, these guys are, like, definitely, definitely, in my personal opinion, like, Dopamine's level, like, if you want to, like, just melodic punk. Uh, I I think that they catch kind of a solid reputation of being a pop punk band, uh, because they were on, they ended up on Adeline Records, which is owned by Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, but we'll get uh, into that in a minute. Actually, we're not even really going to make mention of it, because the records that I care about like they they were on adeline but they never really they i think they did a split uh with like teenage bottle rocket or something like that um adeline isn't a huge part of who this band is but because they were on adeline records uh for like just a minute uh they still kind of like get pigeonholed into that like bubblegum pop punk and they totally shattered that glass with a uh, good views bad news uh In the best way possible. But then, like, because I'd heard Called the Medic and then my twin brother had bought uh, their self-titled album, that album, like, is just, it's, it's really, really good. It's it is a perfect jumping off point for this band like when you listen to it like it's not like when you listen to it like it's not the most cohesive thing like there's like acoustic hero songs and like there are like songs like you know that pay homage to the smiths and then there are those just like punch-up songs like it, it's you can tell like it's it's not it i'm not saying it's a hodgepodge, which i have a bad problem of saying it's not a hodgepodge but it's not nearly as tight as good views, bad news. Like when you listen to the two back to back, you definitely understand And the band that, or the band's album after good views, bad news. Uh, you can definitely tell like good views, bad news was like them hitting their Like, okay, this, we got, we got it now. But that does not take away from the fact that their self-titled album that they released was so fucking good and kept me wanting more, waiting, waiting for something new to happen for this band. Uh, so in May 2009, Side One Dummy revealed the name of the band's second album to be Good Views, Bad News, and it was to be released on their record label, and I think they dropped that with, um, uh, the single Be All That You Can't Be, and I mean, 2009, um, we were this, when the album was recorded, we were, like, you know, still... Still getting into like Obama era politics and like you know we guy we're we're still in this fucking endless war, but there was hope, and that that was a lot of that was a lot of what I got from that single and especially the music video like when you watch it, um, and that al- the, the the album in and of itself like definitely speaks to like when it gets political it's more hopeful than what you, what, what, what you, what, what you would normally expect from like a punk band talking like politically or anything like that. Cause I mean like 2008, 2009, like it's just like, shit, we got a bomb in the office, like hope and change. We got it. We fucking got it. We want it. We got it. Let's fucking do this. So it really lends itself to like sounding more, sounding more hopeful. But I mean, also like recognizing like, yes, we are still like, that war never went the fuck away. Like, it. That was a really, really good single to like start the album off, or to like get reintroduced to like what this band is doing now. Uh, like I said, uh, the album uh, "Good Views, Bad News" was recorded at the Blasting Room, and I, <laughs> I like record labels. I like bands. There aren't too many studios. There's a few. There's a couple handful, a handful, excuse me, that I really, really enjoy. Um, But The Blasting Room is far and wide. My fucking favorite. The Blasting Room is located in Fort Collins, Colorado. It was founded by Bill Stevenson from The Descendants and Jason Livermore uh, in 1994. Uh, This is one of those studios that when I see, like when a band recorded at this studio i just i i know like i don't even have to fucking question it like i just know i am in for a high quality listen like production record whatever like i was going through all of the releases and the bands that have worked at the blasting room and it was just like like last week when I was talking about like going through Universal Music Group, like finding bands that have recorded with that record label that were released under that umbrella, um and I was really disappointed. This one, I it was just like constant like every fucking band like yup, 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 yup. And I'll get gi- I'll give like I'll, I'll give a couple examples. Uh but I will say I was I was fucking bombed. Uh <laughs> Like I was just like, oh man, that record's good, that record's good, that record's good, that record's good. And then Puddle of Mud was right in the middle of all of that. And I mean, like, you know what? Good for them. I I'm really happy for them that they had the wherewithal to record at a studio that has such like a great reputation. That does not mean that I like Puddle of Mud. If any of you come up to my face and say that I like Puddle of Mud, I will open hand slap you. Um, but some of the like some of the bands that have recorded at the Blasting Room that are not Puddle of Mud that I actually genuinely enjoy include Bouncing Souls, Propaganda, Came and Took It, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Lagwagon, Street Dogs, Wednesday Night Heroes, No Use for a Name, <coughs> and that's not even like. The, the casualties have recorded there, like, I, 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 I could list every single one, but I mean, I'm getting ready to get into, like, the record labels and stuff like that, so, like, I'm not going to list every fucking band that has recorded at The Blasting Room ever. Uh, just understand that, like, this is a musician run and owned, um, and also, like, Bill Stevenson is a fucking fantastic producer, um, and one of my favorite fucking drummers, so, like, it, it just gets better and better and better and better and better every single time like i hear his name and i see what he's fucking affiliated with and like it it just gets so good and anything that comes out of the blessing room and i mean like i i said a band called came and took it like they they might not be anything to anybody listening to this but like they are a band that like are from fort collins colorado and like they are sliding so far under the fucking radar like they are a band totally fucking worth checking out they do they haven't gone a tour but like I, I listened to them. It got sent to me. Or, I fuck. I forget. It. I fucking forget how I found out about this fucking band. And either way, I this this band hit my fucking radar man i love them so much and i knew that my twin brother was going to a fucking show that they were opening up for and i was like it, if you don't get me a fucking copy of their newest album i'm going to fucking kill myself like that's how fucking excited i was when i heard them and sure as the day is long a couple of weeks later uh, fucking came and took, a fucking Kamatoka record showed up in my mailbox and i was just like hell yes like I was in. I was so fucking in. I, I loved it, and I'm really happy that I own it. It's not it's not a very like widespread band, uh, but if you listen to Broadway Calls, you should totally check out Kamen Takai. They they're great, and not even not even just so much. That they're fucking great. They're really really nice dudes. These guys had never met me in my fucking like never met me in my entire life. They have met my twin brother, and like they they just know me as a fucking fan. And they have been really fucking, really, really fucking nice, really fucking great to me. And I can't, I can't wait till the day that I actually get to fucking see them. Uh, whether I end up at fucking Streets of London or this, that, or 12 other things. Like, I'm just, guys, I'm banking on it. <coughs> um, so with that said, uh, where are we at? Um, yeah, oh, so Red Scare. Uh, yeah. Uh, Red Scare Industries was the album that, or the label that released the band's first album, and I feel like it's totally worth talking about, just because so many bands uh, that go on and like get, get like so many bands that I talk about are so interconnected with not only Sidewind Dummy but Red Scare Records as well. Uh, Red Scare Records uh, was founded in two thousand four by former uh, Fat Records employee uh, Toby Jag. The label started in LA. It has since moved to Chicago. So, when you look at the Red Scare Records, Red Scare Industries um, page, you're gonna find a lot of like Midwest punk, which I, I always, always really, really enjoy. uh, Just because you you don't see it a lot. You really, really don't see it a lot. Like sometimes, sometimes you'll talk and you're just like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's just no Midwest love. There's totally Midwest love uh, with Red Scare Industries, Red Scare Records. Again, whichever fight you want to get into. Uh, the, the label has released, and I think that this is like very, very like telling of the label. Because there are a lot of bands that I'm getting ready to say uh, that released albums on Red Scare. Or have been affiliated with Red Scare that have gone on to release or are currently still releasing albums on fat records uh these are bands like direct hit the falcon the copyrights elway cobra skulls benzingers nothing mass intruder and again that's just a few That's just a few because we still gotta we still gotta talk about side dummy and that's totally fine um but uh, help me like how many bands how many bands did i just rattle off that have gone on to release for Sidewalk... have gone on to release for Fat Records. Like, th- that number is staggering. Like, I, e- even even as a fan of all of those bands, like, and both of those record labels, like, I just never fucking put two and two together. Like, it was just never... It was just like, oh, cool. Like, all right, Direct releasing their new album on Fat Rec. Awesome. Well, they totally fucking deserve it. Um, okay, let's let's dig in so but almost all of those bands that i just said and fuck man i think even the fucking bomb pops are on there at some point in time and i've been a huge fucking bomb Pops kick bomb pops kick fuck they are in they're in really heavy rotation and for good reason uh but yeah like broadway calls was on red scare and then you know just went on... They they toured with a lot of fat bands as well. Uh, but Good Views and Bad News... Good Views, Bad News uh, was released on Side One Dummy Records. And if you don't know anything about Side One Dummy, it was founded by Joe Sib, who, <clears throat> really fucking quickly, I'm pretty sure has been doing comedy opening up for Metallica. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty fucking certain that's what has been happening based on what i've seen like i know joseph is doing comedy but i'm also very very curious as to whether or not i am wrong in my thinking of metallica is bringing out one of the owners from side one dummy to do comedy before metallica plays reach out i'm here i'm available we'll get into that later anyway Founded by Joseph and Bill Armstrong in 1995, the Los Angeles-based Side One Dummy launched the cr- launched like <clears throat> and didn't just record, but uh launched the careers of bands like Gaslight Anthem, Flogging Molly, Goggle Bordello, and quite a few others. And like those those are just bands that like come up when you say like oh yeah, this is the label that got them out. And I know exactly where I was when I picked up my first Gaslight Anthem record. And I know exactly where I was when I heard fucking Flogging Molly for the first time, as well as Gogo Pardello. Like, and it was all because of Side One Dummy. Uh, so that totally fucking checks. And I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Side One Dummy was a really, really, really big deal to me. Like, you know, like when I was talking about Hellcat Records, when we were talking about The Unseen, this is like... What, what, what do you call it like the the opposite but the same but either way um like these two like it's just like one two like those those were my record labels growing up uh and it's not just because of bands like that i mean they also released uh, the suicide machines fake problems mxpx big d and the kiss table anti-flag and the reverend payton's big damn band and if you don't know the reverend payton's big damn band they are from Indianapolis, Indiana. They currently live in Brown County, Indiana, which is about an hour and 15 minutes south of Indianapolis. Uh, but Side One Dummy, for whatever fucking reason, a punk, like in this, in this time with Side One Dummy, they were a like punk ska, like sometimes singer songwriter. Like you could say like they were releasing Chuck Reagan's shit and that like, that was very singer songwritery. Uh, but Chuck Reagan is also from How Hard Music, so it's just like one, two, checks. <laughs> Reverend Payton's Big Day Band is a three-piece with a washboard and a five-gallon pickle bucket for a floating tom. <coughs> it was nowhere near what like this label was doing at the time, but they took it on, and they released the Reverend Payton's Big Damn Band's The Whole Fam Family, and <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I was super stoked. I saw them very shortly after it, after, uh, the whole fam family had come out and they were on side one dummy and of all fucking places, it was at Ribfest uh, here in Indianapolis. Like Ribfest is where bands go to die, but Reverend Payne's big damn band were on such an uptick at that point. Like, and they played and I had such a good fucking time. And I think that that was the first time I'd ever seen them. And they started hopping on warp tours and stuff like that. And now these motherfuckers are charting, like genuinely charting on like Billboard Blues charts like Billboard Blues and like they, they, they've done a gospel album that's done really really well for them and they're following and like they had a really really close affiliation uh, with uh, the couple with the family that own the record store that I worked at so like I got to meet them Uh, multiple times, and they were so nice, they were so nice, they were so humble, and I don't know if it's just because I was working at the store, like, the Reverend Peyton, the lead singer, officiated the owner's wedding, like, he was just so fucking nice, and I, I I just couldn't have been more stoked, because he has been affiliated with a record label that I just love endlessly, so, there, there's the background on the studio, and two labels, now, let's fucking check out the punknews.org review. Like I've been saying the past couple of weeks guys like I'm not fucking taking a lot from this. Like I I feel like at this juncture like we're just we're just we're, we're cruising on we're cruising on nothing like when I just like regurgitate what somebody else says. Like I can take information, I can rattle off, but yet we're we're talking about thoughts and opinions and thought like feelings. Like why why should I get anything from anybody else? uh other than hate, uh, which I will always fight, um, but PuckNews.org gave it three stars, uh, what I took from the review was, uh, there's a breeziness and simplicity to Good View's Bad News, that, when complimented by strong songwriting, uh, honest, personal, and social struggles, makes an album that's hard not to like, that's the compliment, the rest of it is just, like, it's Beeline, like, they just, they stayed, middle of the road like they didn't take any fucking risk or anything like that like they figured it out like they figured out their fucking formula they didn't fucking have to like they didn't have to make the eclectic album that they did when they did their self-titled album they didn't have to do any of that they had their audience and they knew what they knew what the audience liked and that is one of the last things that i will fucking talk about today um they didn't have to, they didn't have to do fucking any, like, they, they got, they got it, like, they figured out, they figured out what worked for them, uh, so I took that from the punk news, and, like, I got, shit, I got a fucking hot take, wanna hear it, uh, though the second album doesn't take as many risks as their first album, uh, cue the more punch-up songs like "Suffer the Kids, and, uh, more Smith-inspired songs like A Rush and a Push and The Land is Ours, <clears throat> There are also no acoustic heroes on this album. The lyric content stands its ground and proves that Broadway calls are not a band to be overlooked when falling into the Side One Dummy or Red Scare Rabbit Hole. Like, these lyrics are very, very fucking real. Like, it is not, it is not, it is not, this is not me, like, talking about Alistair saying, like, oh, I used to put this shit... On, like, songs, like, on, like, albums that I made for girls. Like, this is not that band. There are lyrics that, like, go there. Like, that, like, have that kind of content. Uh, Like a song called Back to the Sheets, which... Every fucking year that I have had Spotify... And I've had Spotify since I got an iPhone. um, Every fucking year, I get my, like, year-end, like, playlist. Like, here's what you listen to the most... Back to the Sheets from Good Views, Bad News is always fucking on there. And I thought at first, I was like, oh, this is a really, really cute, beautiful love song. But it's not. It is a song about being with somebody calming them down and like letting them know like your anxiety is getting the best of you and I can fucking see that and I'm here for you and Tyvon gets very very fucking vulnerable and very very specific with situations on good views bad news like be it political views how he feels about touring relationships anything almost anything fucking in between how he even feels about him fucking self like calling himself like a mediocre musician and it's just this album this album hits i feel like it hits a little bit harder uh, the older you get uh, just just because like you you go through these life experiences you go through these life experiences and you know you listen to these lyrics and you read them and you understand them and you're just like right 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 i get it but then that exact same situation happens to you and even though like Tyvon just turned like oh shit well, wait, what what did twitter say 38 38 doing shrooms hoping that bernie sanders wins uh all the states i think that's what i read today um but like this guy's 38 i'm 30 years old like there's a big difference but there's not a huge fucking cultural difference in like the the times that we were raised so it's he had a head start on it and then it's just one of those albums that when you listen to it every fucking thing falls into fucking place and you're just like fuck and i Even, even just the same, like you guys fucking know at this point, like I love bands that like come from basements and like talk about like being in the basement scene and stuff like that. There's a song called Basement Royalty. And it it just it goes, it goes, it goes, it goes. And then right after that is back to the sheets. Usually, usually when you talk to me, I will always say like I really, really like the front half of the album, but I really feel like the B side kind of lost itself or is like less engaging on good views bad news i honestly genuinely 100 fucking 10% think the b side is the best side of this album like it really genuinely is it gets real it gets vulnerable and it gets real it gets vulnerable real fucking quick like it's just like all right we got we got the we got the ones for surface level listeners right up here we're going to build it like this build it like this build it like this and like the front side of the album's fucking great like even to, the, even to The Sheets is on the A side. But like Side B starts with Sundowners. And then you get Best Year. And you get Wake Up Call. And you get at the end of the very fucking end of the album. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. It makes you want to flip that fucking record over and go back to Side A and listen to the whole goddamn thing over again. Because it just fucking works. And it doesn't just fucking works. It works stupid fucking well. It is so well produced within 25 seconds. I had never... when. I had heard Be All You Can't Be and then really never thought about it and then four years ago I was at a fucking record store flipping through like the newest used arrivals and I saw Broadway calls I didn't even fucking care I knew exactly who this band was and I knew that I had to own this record I threw it on my turntable and <coughs> it's still fucking in rotation and it's still fucking in rotation for a good fucking reason <coughs> sorry <sighs> thank you <laughs> uh. Thank you. I'm not thanking you. I'm thanking Finn for watching me scream. Um, after good views and bad news, uh, Broadway Calls has to date released uh, one just just one more album, like one more full length album. They've done they've done some EPs and stuff like that. They were actually recently on a Red Scare 15 uh, year anniversary uh, comp, so. Just letting us know. They're still alive. Uh, But in 2013, they released an album called Comfort and Distraction, released on No Sleep Records. And once you hear good views, bad news, and then you listen to Comfort and Distraction, you find that they just figured it out. Like I was saying, like on the ramp up to talking and going into that whole fucking thing that I just did. Uh, Comfort and Distraction uh, definitely lives... In the same wheelhouse, it's definitely more mature uh, because it was, uh, you know, a few years after. But it totally fucking holds up. I still maintain that Good Views, Bad News is my favorite fucking album by this band. It's like Good Views, Bad News, Call the Medic, self-titled, and then everything else is just kind of a clusterfuck at the bottom. But it doesn't fucking matter because Good Views, Bad News is fucking incredible. This band is so fucking good. If you're looking for relatable content, if you're looking for something that's accessible, guys, I cannot stress this enough. Like, I I just want to I want to talk about music that I feel like anybody can fucking listen to. I'm not trying to be fucking isolating, even though it seems like I am sometimes when I talk about bands like the fucking unseen. But there are so many good bands out there. The, Whether you know about them, whether you are looking for them, whether you're not looking at the right places, if you like fucking Green Day or anything like that, like Broadway Calls is a band that you need to fucking listen to. You have to fucking listen to this band. Like this fucking band has been compared to Alkaline Trio, Ladderman, Kid Dynamite, and Green Day. This band fucking appeals to an audience of intense, genuine music lovers fucking people like me. Fucking call me an asshole if you want because I uh, cuz I will say that. Like what the fuck else? Like if you know me, like I will fucking talk your ear off about most fucking music. If you give me fucking 2 minutes, always fucking 20 minutes of your time talking about music transitioning from one thing to the next. But like Broadway calls this for that fucking group of people that just love fucking music. This is for that kind that kind of crowd that loves to sing every song and every fucking word and bits and pieces of that were taken from a a music so i'm not plagiarizing but that what that fucking hit hard like that that is that is right like that is what this fucking band is like it is so fucking good and they fly so far under the radar and they do not tour as much like they they still play they still very much play like their bass, their bass player left uh, to go, like, take care of his kid, and, you know, things things have happened. Things have happened since Good Views and Bad News was released, and things have happened since fucking Comfort and Distraction were were released, but this band is still playing. They're still fucking available. Not only that, they're fucking streaming everywhere. So if you fuck like, seriously, that last bit, if you like any of those fucking bands and you're not checking out Broadway calls, you're fucking doing yourself a disservice, like... Grow the fuck up. Like, you're not listening. You're not listening to this because, like, you love the sound of my voice or, like, you want to hear me ramble. I honestly hope that you're listening because you want to fucking, like, learn even just surface level shit. Like... Like if 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 I have the opportunity, like when I get the money together and like have more shit, then I can play more songs and I can play like samples of bands that I actually talk about. But like if you don't know fucking Green Day and I don't know what to tell you, I really fucking don't like you grew up in a hole and that's fine. Like some of us do. It took it took me till my early twenties to really get into Bruce Springsteen. That was that was mostly just a rebelling against my dad situation. Uh but like once I got it, I fucking got it and now I had most of his records. But we're not gonna talk about that. I also really like Jimmy Buffett. But that's a whole other thing. Um If I say Green Day and I say this band if you like Green Day, you would like this band you should listen to this band. Like, this is not me being a pretentious asshole. I genuinely, truly think that you would it, you would like this band. Like, if I was still working at the record store that I worked at, and this album We're still sealed, like in the new section or something like that. This would be one of what I used to call my project albums. Like this album is so fucking good and it needs to fucking move. I would sell this album around fucking Christmas to a fucking mom looking for a fucking record for her kid that she's getting her first turntable for. What's your kid listen to? Green Day, cool. Let's we're gonna get you Green Day. Like come on, you want American Idiot? You want Dookie? You want Warning? Like whatever you want, we got. Just like, awesome, what else would you recommend? Broadway Calls, Good Views, Bad News would be the first fucking album I would take them to because it's fucking good. And it's a line fucking drive. And if that mom got that fucking album for that fucking kid blindly based on my recommendation, that kid became a fan, then I have done my job and I have done it really, really fucking well. And if any of you listen to fucking Broadway Calls because I've been screaming about it, then I have done my job and I've done okay. I've done okay. Anyway, I'm going to call it quits for today. I've had a really busy week. Technically, I have had no days off. I have been at work every single day this week, so I'm a little tired. I'm sorry if the episode's a little convoluted. Um, This is our first one on, like, Spotify. So, guys, if you're listening to this on Spotify, thank you. Thank you so much. and I noticed when I got on Spotify like you're actually reaching out you're letting me hear your voices like please please keep doing that. I fucking love it if if you have recommendations send them my way man I'll fucking read them I, I, I've already got a few I've, I've got a few like already that I'm just like, oh shit yeah, we should fucking do that down the road at some point. I love this shit. I absolutely love this shit. but for today I'm gonna call it quits. I hope you have a good weekend. Next week is the St. Patrick's Day episode. Stay tuned. Give him hell. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. Like I said, I technically have not. I technically have not had a day off all week, and uh, my body is quitting. My mouth has been very, very dry through this entire episode, and it shows. It really does show. But. I was really fucking nervous to do the whole Spotify thing. It, I I didn't have a say in it, but here we are. And like I said at the top, if you have, if you were one of the listeners that like were like like if you downloaded fucking Anchor to listen to my voice, I I fuck I I, you are the reason that like guy I. you're the reason that I do this every fucking week. And I don't, I don't want that to go like overlooked. I really fucking don't. Like if I do fucking merch or anything like that, you guys are the first ones I will reach out to. And i pretty much fucking know you, uh, the, who you are. So stay tuned. I'm, I'm fucking reach out. Um, like I said, next week, I know I've been talking about it for fucking weeks and weeks and weeks. We are doing the St. Patrick's Day episode and I am not doing Dropkick Murphys because it is way too early to pull that fucking trigger for me personally. Instead, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about an independent band from Los Angeles, California that almost nobody has heard of. And I hope in my doing this you go listen to them by the time it's all said and done i'm really fucking excited about the album that i'm talking about It has gotten me through some really cool and some really bad times uh even even like you know those those like those times that you have in your life that are supposed to be like bad learning experience like bad but also a learning experience like this band has fucking been there like for me and like not just as a fan but like also like as a person like i i have had i have been very very lucky to enjoy this band that i'm talking about next week in the capacity that i get to talk about them i'm a little nervous but we're going to have fucking fun it's it Pat- I, I don't love St. Patrick's Day as a holiday but I love St. Patrick's Day because it's the one day of the year I can go into a bar and play fucking music on the jukebox and not be looked at like a fucking buzzkill like I always say I'm here I'm available I would love to hear your voices give them hell